It's great to be here with you. It's great to be worshiping with you and uh, just excited to see God working in this place as we make much of him. We're in a sermon series here called Laying Hold. Laying Hold, and we're talking about prayer and what it means to come to our God with all the right attitudes, temperaments, goals, all of it in place, right? We're laying hold, not of God's reluctance, but of God's willingness. We're laying hold of the fact that God cares about your life. He loves you you passionately and deeply loves you. He wants to hear from you and he's ready to work with you and that doesn't mean we come roaring in demanding our way. It means we're longing to hear what his way is all about and to us with him as we walk through this prayer life and what does it mean. We started a couple weeks back at the beginning here with laying hold of our weakness, right? Laying hold of our weakness. May every moment of our failing of our temptation be a moment that drives us to our knees before our God, ready to worship him, hear from him, and have him do a huge work. All too often, it's easy for us as we get to struggling with our own um, weaknesses that we literally begin to back away from God until we think we've cleaned it up enough. And uh, may our weakness not push us away from God, but may our weakness bring us to our knees before our God. Right? And all of God's people said... And may you truly run to him because you need him. And, uh, and then we took look the next week at laying hold of the Holy Spirit. Laying hold of the Holy Spirit. We run to him because he has the answer. He is the helper, right? And the helper means he's going to help. And uh, he's here to be a part of your life, to interact. He's longing to have a role and us with him and him with us. And so God Almighty pouring on, we're told in 2 Corinthians 3, the glory of the Holy Spirit transforms us from one degree of glory to the next. He is a helper. He is a power in our lives. And uh, God Almighty, man, we have hope in him. And so there's laying hold Laying hold of our weakness, laying hold of the Holy Spirit. Last week, we looked at laying hold of companionship, partnering together, praying for one another. Man, may we have the hurts and the needs of others on our mind. May we be lifting them up. This was a huge moment last week as we ended up at the end having anybody who was struggling let us know. And we had people rallying around and laying hands on and we were praying across this room. We've gotten different reports this week from people sending in emails saying words like, seriously, I think maybe I was even healed physically in this room or within the next week after it or amen to that. I was healed spiritually and emotionally. God's doing something. I've got more strength than I had before. I get what God's about. I may not have that physical healing, but I get what God is doing. Man, God was working in this place. Hear me. We need to rally with and for each other. And all of God's people said, and we got to be all about it. And uh, praise God for that as we laid hold of companionship. Today, we're looking at laying hold of Scripture. Laying hold of the word of God, the scripture, all right? So turn with me, if you will, to Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. <clears throat> we're going to start in verse 3. And uh, we're talking today about laying hold of the scripture. And you would think maybe I'd go to a passage that was like all about the scripture, all about the word of God. And in fact, that's not where we're going to go. We're going to walk through a passage that's all about salvation and walking in that salvation. And we're going to use this scripture today. 
we're going to actually see a model in the scripture of praying and praying for someone. And in fact, we're going to look at what it means to pray scripture back to our God. And so this is the passage we're going to use and do that with, all right? And so we as a body are going to walk it, and then we're going to do it, okay? That's where we're at as we lay hold of scripture. So here we go. First point, uh, pray that the power of the gospel will grip your soul and the souls of those around you. Uh, Pray that the power of the gospel will grip your soul and the souls of those around you. And uh, we're not just going deep, we're going, right, we're going gospel deep. And that's a throwback to our Roman series for those of you who weren't here with us a couple years back. But gospel, it affects every facet of our soul. So let's dive in here. It says, we always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Uh, We always thank God. How often? Always. Like every single time that they were in prayer for these guys, they were thanking God for them. There was not a moment where they were like, oh Lord, and then those people in Colossae. Well, a few of them really bother me, but, but other than those guys, we're really thankful for, uh, it wasn't that, right? Always thankful for all of them and all that God was doing. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Like, God, we thank you for how you're working with them. Father, we're amazed with what you've done, and and we're stunned to see the progress, and sure, there's more to be had, but wow, what you've done already, right? Thankful, always. This has got to be a huge part of our prayer as we pray for those around us. Easy to be a whiner. Uh, May we instead come praying, God, thank you for the progress we're seeing, right? And all of God's people said... Some of you are like, amen. (laughs) May we always thank God and be praying for them. And it says, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Since we heard of your faith and your love. Your faith in Christ Jesus, meaning that they believe. They believe, Romans 10, 9, and 10. They believe that he is risen from the dead and they confess him as Lord. That's Romans 10, 9, and 10. What does it mean to have faith in Jesus Christ? He is alive. He has power. He has authority. He is God Almighty, and we're trusting in him. And then we confess him as Lord. I'm handing my life to you. You're in charge of me. That's what it means to have faith. And and do you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you believe that he has risen from the dead? There is power and authority in him. Do you confess him as your Lord? And and this is what Paul was celebrating. This is what they were celebrating in their prayer, that they had faith in Christ Jesus. They were trusting in him. And then it says, and of the love that you have for all the saints, because that's the order it works in. We get filled up with this love and this passion for Jesus Christ. And as the Holy Spirit takes up residence, the fruit of the Spirit starts spilling in and changing us. It fills us up and starts spilling over into the streets. And now we don't just love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength. We also love our neighbor as ourself. And that's what he's saying here. Like, you guys get it. It's filling you up, and it's spilling over, and it's having an effect even into the community around you as you love all the saints around you. He says, because of the hope 
laid up for us in heaven because there is eternity in hand and your eternity is secure. That's what he was saying. And see, all too often when we think about heaven and eternity, we hear words like, you know, what are you going to be doing in heaven? You know, well, you're going to be worshiping. And some of you are like, that's awesome. And others of you are like, well, after six songs, I'm, <laughs> I've kind of had enough. And so really, an eternity of that? Like, how do we handle this? And look, I don't, this isn't a heaven talk, but can we just be really clear? We're going to be with the most glorious king of the universe and he has plans we cannot even begin to imagine. He is a creator God. He is a building God. He is a doing God. I have no idea what's going to be going on there, but I guarantee you this. We're not all just sitting around singing songs and that's it. There's going to be some massive doing and building and growing all for the glory of God. You're going to be without sin. Whoa. Right? Never struggling with self. Never. Let me say it again. Never. Never struggling with self. That alone is going to be amazing. That there's never a struggle. Amen. And that you're literally going to be celebrating your God joyously, perfectly. At times you will break out in song. And believe me, you're going to enjoy it way more than maybe even now. And then there's going to be times you're going to be partnering with as you build and you grow and you help do things. You are with your God for eternity and he has stunning Things in hand. That is what they were laying hold of. The greatness of God and the glory of God for all of eternity. Praise be to God. And uh, man, that was filling them up and spilling over to the streets as they cared for all of them around. It says, of this you have heard before in the word of truth, the gospel. Uh, you've heard of it in the gospel, the good news which has come to you and indeed is in the whole world. It is bearing fruit and increasing, the gospel. And I've said this before. It's been a couple years, but I'll say it again. I uh, learned this little statement up at Harvest Naperville when we were on staff there, and I was in adult ministries up there for a while. And uh, here's the statement, the gospel. Let's make sure we get it clear. What is it? The gospel in four words. Ready? The gospel in four words. Jesus is my Savior. The gospel in four words. Jesus is my savior, right? I need him. Jesus is my savior. That's the gospel in four words. The gospel in three words. Him for me. Him for me. Like I'm in dire straits. Gospel in three words. If you're breaking it down, somebody's like, I don't really understand what you believe about this Jesus thing. Man, these are some great words to grab onto. Jesus is my savior. Like you want it simpler than that? Him for me. That's my hope, is I put my belief in him and he is covering the sin that I could not care for, him for me. And uh, the gospel in two words. Now we're going to go deep. Ready? Substitutionary atonement. Some of you are like, I'm skipping that one. All right. <laughs> That's fine. Substitutionary atonement. Like his blood replaces what I owe, substitutionary, what I owe. His blood replaces what I owe. And it establishes a rightness between me and God, atonement, substitutionary atonement. It's a giant theological term for our salvation hope. And uh, Jesus is my Savior, Him for me, substitutionary atonement, gospel in one word, saved. 
saved. And that's it, man. This gospel was taking effect in the community. They were grasping that Jesus was their savior. They were getting that it was him for them. They were getting he was replacing what they owed, substitutionary atonement. They were saved. Praise be to God. And this gospel, it began to rip through the community as lives were being changed. In fact, it even went out into the whole world. It says, in the whole world, it is bearing fruit and increasing. The gospel is actually bringing forth a vibrant life change. Paul is celebrating all those that are trusting in Christ, the churches that are being established, the hope that is being brought. Man, there is no church without the gospel. And all of God's people said, and as we are a church planting church, we are celebrating the gospel. We are making much of the gospel. We are bringing it here with all we've got. And uh, I just love what God's been doing in this place. You know, we've seen, uh, uh, we're not sure of exact numbers, but over 600 people have accepted Christ over the 10 years here at Harvest. Just a ton of life going on, hope going on, people getting fired up, and in way more than that, getting baptized here, and man, bearing fruit in the whole world. Not just happening in the city of Colossae here in this letter, but happening everywhere, including right here in Peoria. And it says, as it also does among you, since the days you heard it and understood the grace of God in truth, just as you learned it from Epaphras. You heard it, you understood it, you learned it. Those are three super important verbs. You heard it, you understood it, you learned it. And we need to understand that that's the way God chooses to work. And why does God work that way? We don't know exactly, but he chooses to partner with man and allow us to have a role in this salvation process. Romans 10 talks about how will they hear except you go and preach, right? And so we're called to bring the word clearly. And so there is a hearing and then an understanding and a grasping. And the moment the Holy Spirit is tearing the veil off and revealing and making clear right? Coming from 2 Corinthians 3, the veil being torn off. And in that moment, an understanding and now a beginning to learn and grow in him, the gospel. There is hope in Jesus Christ. And we believe it with all we've got. We are in and we are in fully. And a question, are you in? Are you in fully and grasping what it's all about? That just as you learned from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made known to us your love in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes in and takes up residence when we are saved. It says the Holy Spirit working with us, transforming us. And there's this great work at hand. And the message got sent back to Paul. You wouldn't believe how on fire the church is in Colossae. Praise God for that and continue to pray that more happens was Paul's position. Man, that's our same position here. We love what God has already done and we're excited to see what more God might do in this city and beyond. May God get all the glory and uh, the gospel. It's easy to... Uh, it's easy to know the gospel or even quote the gospel and not quite have it down and understanding what it means. 
And so I was doing a little bit of looking into things this week and ran into this. So uh, just so you know, in the original language, the word is euangelion. I don't, if you can hear the word in that, that's evangelize is kind of built into it. And so that's where we get the word from, from this word gospel, to go out and share the good news. But what does it mean? Well, the word originally was used as a battle term. What it was is all these little city-states that were at war with each other might send out guys to go to war. And they're waiting to hear back how it went. And so the city-state people are kind of sitting there watching and waiting, and they're looking for someone to come on the horizon on a horse riding in. And they start looking closely at the countenance of the guy, the facial expression. Like, does he look like he's upbeat or crushed? And as he's riding closer and closer, now they start looking. Is he, like, does he have a wreath on his head or a wreath on a spear in some way, saying in some part, victory? If he comes in with a wreath, if he comes in with the smiling face, riding in on this horse, pulls up and stops, gets off, it simply meant this one word, this one phrase. We have won. The battle is won. That's what it means. And this word, the good news, simply means this. The battle is won. We have won. Hear me. We ride in with this message. The battle is won. Jesus Christ has taken it. On the cross, he has delivered forth. He is risen up. And he has won. Death is put in its place. Sin, amen, bring it. Man, sin is put in its place. It is over. He has won. That's the good news. We have won the gospel message. That's the power of the message. And it isn't some feel-good moment. It isn't some touchy-feely. It is the God of this universe dealing with the problem of this universe. His glory was at risk. And he put it all in place. And uh, man, we have hope in Jesus Christ. We have life in Jesus Christ. And we trust in him. The gospel, it is all about what he does for us. Him, for me. And all of God's people said. So hey, simple question. Do you believe? And do you believe in Jesus Christ? Next. Are you willing to pray for those around you and long for them to meet up with someone who knows the message that we have won? Are you willing to pray longingly that God might do a work in your family, in your community, in your workplace? Pray. Pray for the power of the gospel to move. Okay? That's first. Second, pray. Pray that the power of God's holy counsel will fill you and those around you. Pray that the power of God's holy counsel will fill you and those around you. We start in verse 9 now. It says, And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be, and then he has a list of things. From the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray. And our prayer needs to be fervent. Remember, we talked about this word last week, fervent. There's a consistency that comes with fervency, a regularity. And uh, 
picking up on a daily basis and even multiple times a day saying, God, here's my request for. And being able to bring it with all you've got because you have a passion for your God to be glorified and because you have a passion for the people around you. You are not distracted with the small me stuff. You are ready to make God huge in your life. And so it says, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking the following, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will, that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. I love that imagery. That you may be, I wouldn't even use the word filled. If I was writing it, I would have been more technical. That you may have grasped all that you could grasp, right? You start talking more intellectual talk. But he's like, that you might be filled up. Picture a barrel. I want it poured into with all that God knows. I want it lapping up to the top and spilling over. Filled with the knowledge of his will. May you grasp where God is moving. May you get what God is all about, and may you run to be a part of that. And, uh, and this is a huge deal. As he talks here about being filled with the knowledge of his will, well, how do we know what his will is? And Well, in part, we're experts of watching what's going on around us, right? We see open doors and closed doors, but more than that, we're digging into his word. We're seeing what God has to say. God has a plan. Everybody just say it. We've been talking about it since September. God has a plan. He's not just winging it every day, right? I don't know what we should do today. Oh, that guy's asking for this. Let's try that. Like, that's not how our God is working. God has a plan, and he's working across the nations. Man, that's, you heard Mike even say, that's what we're digging into with Daniel chapter 7 through 12 as we go through this study. God has a plan, And he's walking and unfolding it out. He's revealed parts of it and he's letting us know, man, we can come running to his side and dig into his word and see all that he has in store. We can grasp his promises. We can grasp the hope. We can grasp his purposes. We can grasp where he's headed. And we can know his will, not just a little bit, but we can be filled to the top and spilling over. And you can be filled with the knowledge of his will. Did you know that? Do you believe that? Like how often are we like, man, I wish I knew what the will of God was. Filled with the knowledge of his will. I think if we knew what was in his word and what he was willing to reveal to us, it would so fill us up and spill over we couldn't handle anymore. You know what I'm saying? Let's dig into what God is revealing out and let's go after it with all we've got. He promises, in fact, here's a prayer out of being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. I love that he defines the knowledge. Spiritual wisdom and understanding. Thinking things through, making sure it makes sense, right? Wisdom. A practical knowledge applied. It's a spiritual savvy to how God's working in this world. And an understanding. A grasping of what God's doing. Day by day and step by step. So, as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing to him. So as to walk in a manner worthy. Uh, Wow. 
that we could literally walk in. What a power prayer this is that Paul is praying out for these people in Colossae. That you might grasp the whole of what it is and go after it with all you've got. Walk in a manner worthy that the thoughts you have, that the actions you have, that the words you have would honor your God. It says, in fact, that he would be fully pleased by them. What an awesome prayer. And my prayer for you is that you would grasp the steps you need to take on a daily basis, grasping what the will of God is, that your next step out is fully pleasing to your God in attitude, in action, in word. And uh, huge, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. It says, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Man, this is the fruit of the Spirit pouring into your life. The fruit of the Spirit pouring into you. Man, if you've trusted Christ, you believe that he is risen, you confess him as Lord in charge. It says the Holy Spirit takes up residence. You now are becoming a temple the Holy Spirit in you, his glory being raised up in you. And as you worship him, as you exalt him, literally his glory pouring onto you changes you from one degree of glory to the next, right? We've talked about this a bunch now. One degree at a time. May we grasp this. One degree at a time. Some of you are like, I so know that. I get the one degree part. I kind of wish it was a couple degrees at a time. Like I'm getting a little frustrated at the slow progress of what's going on in my life when, and, and God's doing something deep in your soul. Let him be in charge one degree at a time. God at work. And uh, the Holy Spirit, his fruit pouring on, this massive change taking place as it bears fruit in our life. Um, it leads to every good work and increases in the knowledge of God. It increases in the knowledge of God. Please note this. This is not a knowing about him. This is a knowing him. And, and our goal needs to be not that we could pass a quiz about God, but that we could actually recognize God in the room. Right? Knowing God personally, sensing when he's moving in the place, grasping and uh, his voice speaking in about a passage of scripture or a movement in my life, something changing in me. And, and I'm getting that this is the voice of God in my life. And, and may we not just know about him, but we literally begin to know him. We know his character. We know his passion. We know his purpose. We know his voice. And the subtle difference between a conviction of the Holy Spirit, right, and the shaming of Satan himself, so different. And yet both are talking about the sin that needs to change, right? And the conviction of the Spirit will say this, yes, that needs to change. But we have that covered, and I am your hope. Now you come to me, we've got this thing in hand. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And the shaming of Satan, you'll never get over that. That is hopeless.
that sin will stick you where you are. Nobody should be with you. One presses down and holds you in it, and the other is willing to lift you up out of it and shares the greatness of God for it. Man, do you know the difference of the voice of your God? Know your God, not just know about your God. And uh, it says, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Uh, wow. Like, what a prayer. May you gain strength that you don't have. May he pour into your life in a way you can't imagine, something you could never muster up, but he's sharing out. How much of it? Well, according to his glorious might. All that God has pouring into you, giving you steps and ability to step up in ways you could not imagine. God and his strength being your very hope. And that's what it looks like to be sanctified and walking with him. And uh, it says, may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. And, uh, and then this is a really important phrase. For all endurance and patience with joy. Oh, great. So we're being strengthened up so we can be toughened up so that we can hack this broken world. That's what it says, right? For all endurance and patience with joy. Please notice it does not say, I will strengthen you so that life is easy. Everybody say, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. I will strengthen you so that in the midst of this broken world and whatever it is that God allows us to face, that you will be able to endure and you will be able to be patient with a smile of joy on your face. Not, I love pain. Everybody say, not that. But I love my God and he's got a plan. And so I'm in. And he gives you a strength to endure like you cannot imagine. And uh, see, all too often we dream about tomorrow's problem, and we're like, I don't have enough strength for that, right? He gives us the grace that is sufficient for today's problem, right? And so be trusting your God and be looking to your God for the strength he gives you to endure and be patient today. And leaning on him for today, that's what we look to our God for. And that strength day by day as he gives us what we need. And then it says, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light, who has qualified you. Man, I don't know if we will ever understand the depth of this word. He has qualified us. Hear me. We did not qualify ourselves. He qualified us. And this ties back to that word justified that we've talked about, right? Justified. What does that word mean? It means that he declares over you what he is now going to do in you, right? Justified. He stands up and he says, this one is righteous, right? And the angels and the other people around are like, not, not really. Not really righteous. And he's like, now watch what I will do in them. For I will make true in them what I have declared over them. I have brought my righteousness to bear. And now my glory will shape this soul. Watch me work. And God does something in our lives that we cannot do. It is his strength pouring in. We cannot earn it. 
We cannot get it done. Man, fake church is done today. And all of God's people said, man, let's be done with it. It doesn't get it done. God's got a plan. He's pouring in. His amazing strength gives us hope. He has declared us righteous and he has qualified us when we do not deserve it. And now he is going to make it true. One degree of glory at a time. Are you in? And oh man, this is a huge statement. He has qualified us to share. We are adopted into his home. We are now called children of the king. And he's doing a work in our souls. That's our hope, man. It says he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness. Are you hearing this? Like there is a dark satanic force pressing in against. He has delivered. The good news has come. We have won. Man, there is a press in, but Satan and his reign is over. It's just a matter of time until it's all put in place. God has a plan. He's doing some amazing work. And in the end here, he delivered us. Notice it is past tense. He has delivered us. And uh, he's like, it's good as done. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and he has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. You are now today declared a child of God, right? If you're believing in him, it is true now. It is not something future hanging on, true today. I am a son of the king. I am a daughter of the king and there's hope. So let's tie these two sections together now. Gospel and sanctification. Man, all too often we try to separate them and all of a sudden we're like, gospel, it's only about the salvation and then we're done with it. Now it's this whole sanctification thing. But gospel, we aren't just going deep, we're going gospel deep. It affects you not just for your salvation moment, but for all of life. It affects every facet of our souls, right? And proof of it, uh, husbands love your wives. Call to action, right? Husbands love your wives. Even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, gospel. Man, we never step away from the gospel. The proof text of our life and our walk will always follow the model of Christ and gospel, always. That's the way it goes down. And so we look back and we grasp gospel and we step forward because of it. Huge hope in play. Man, the gospel, it affects every facet of our soul. Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Why? Even as God and for Christ's sake has forgiven you. You're forgiven. Gospel. So step forward and forgive. The gospel, it's not just a salvation moment. It affects every facet of our soul as we move forward following after our king. And uh, all right. So a couple of statements I just want to make here real quickly, okay? Okay. Um, First of all, the word of God. We dive into the word and we want to get real on the word. Okay, so here's just a couple of thoughts on it. I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but I want you to write down a few verses. You can dig into these on your own time, all right? Here we go. Psalm 19, uh, verses 7 to the end. 
Psalm 19, 7 to the end, talks all about the greatness of God's special revelation, his word, okay? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it talks about the greatness of God's word. Hebrews 4, 12, the awesomeness and power and aliveness of God's word. So let's just put them together in one power couple of sentences. Here we go. God's word, it is given to you uniquely like none other. There is nothing else like God's word, unique. And God breathed, right? The Holy Spirit has worked with man and he has brought out, yes, their vocabulary and their experience, but it is God's view, vision, hope, purpose, and statements of thought. And so it's not a dictation, but it is him working with man. And we get the word of God from him. God breathed. It is absolutely on fire, bringing truth, uh, life-changing, huge. In fact, we see in 2 Timothy 3, it talks about it being good for teaching and reproof and correction and training and righteousness, fully sufficient. It says it equips us unto every good work. Let me just ask this real quickly. Do you believe that? It says in 2 Timothy 3 that it equips us fully unto every good work. Are you like, yeah, I mean, I think we need the Bible, but you know, other stuff too. Or are you like, no, Bible's enough. Right? 2 Timothy 3 says, fully equipped. Can't say that unless word is enough. And man, we believe in God's word. Uh, uniquely holy, life-changing, fully sufficient, and completely living and active, amazingly discerning. Hebrews 4. Verse 12, as it talks about God's word, living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, right? This massive discerning ability of God's word. We believe in God's word. We long for God's word. We love to hear from God. He has given us massive message in his word. And all of God's people said, all right, that's sad. Then let's let our prayer be affected by God's word. Okay, And so I want to make sure that we learn a little bit on how to pray God's word back. And uh, this quote comes right out of the book, Victorious Praying, Journey to Victorious Praying, the book that we're using in our impact groups for uh, this prayer series in uh, the winter-spring, right? So here's a quote, page 85. Without prayer, the study of Scripture can turn into a merely intellectual exercise. Without prayer, the study of Scripture can be merely intellectual But prayer without scripture will lack the needed motivation and guidance. Prayer without scripture will lack the needed motivation and guidance. So we are going to learn how to dive into God's word and let his word guide us and motivate us. And we're going to do that for the rest of today here just for a few minutes, okay? So here we go. How do I do that? Five steps. Ready? Step number one. Pray. Pray that the Holy Spirit open your eyes. As you pick up the word of God to dig into his word, Holy Spirit, show me what I need to see. Let me hear what I need to hear. Open my eyes that I might be changed by you. If you notice, that's a lot of what we pray right before we start our sermon every week, right? There's a moment of we're ready to be shaped by you. Bring that. Pray. Pray for the Holy Spirit to move. Open your eyes, okay? Number two. 
Read a passage of scripture. Pick a passage, read a passage. At least kind of pick the bold to bold in your Bible if you've got that, right? Gives you kind of a paragraph that's all about a certain content. If you notice, we have a reading plan we put in the bulletin every week. It goes Monday to Friday and walks you through a reading uh, that's associated with the sermons. Feel free to use that. If you want to use something else, great. But as you dig in, you're like, I've got a little bit of a plan here. Here's how I'm digging in. And read. Read through it a couple of times. Don't just read it once, but read through it several times saying, God, help me see what I need to see, okay? Number three, find a big God truth in it. Man, if you're always getting done reading and everything you've memorized is nuances and details, I know the 17th king from the nation of Judah, the end. And we close it and we set it aside. I'm glad you know that fact. But, but the reality is, do you know your God better, right? Look for a big God truth about your God. In this passage, what's true about my God? What do I need to know? What do I see? What's happening? This is what I would say about my God right now. This is a big God statement from this passage. And, and you knock that out. Maybe even with a direct quote, you're pulling a couple of uh, words or verses out, okay? Find a big God truth in it. So you're praying for the Holy Spirit to move. You're reading a passage you find the big God truth in it. Number four, find a call to action for you. So what is it I need to be going after? What does it look like to be digging in? And uh, We see a few things in the passage today about praying over, about being saved, trusting in Christ, about longing for a walk with him, right? Some very natural next steps. And uh, find a call to action for you. And then number five, last one. Man, when you go to prayer now, pray back exact quotes of Scripture. God, I know this is what you're about. You say this, and you're quoting it right back to them. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone, and you're saying something, and then they're saying something else back, and you're like, you're, you're, you, you didn't even hear me. Like, that's not even what I'm talking about. I'm on a different topic, right? And how often is our prayer with God like that? Where God's like, here's where I'm at. And you're like, okay, well, I'm over here. Right? And we just have these crisscrossing moments with God. Man, let's make sure that's not what our prayer life is like. We begin to quote back to him some phrases out of the scripture. You're just looking for a couple of power phrases to quote back. God, here's where I'm at. And, and what do you, can you imagine what he's like in the heavenlies, right? He's like, well, amen to that. That's exactly where I am too. Right? And there's this pouring on of you in that moment as the Holy Spirit glory raising up in you. He's like, yes, that's what we're all about. And man, our prayer comes on fire when we start praying scripture quoted back to him. Not approximated, quoted. This is where you stand. It's where I stand. And, and you quote it back to him. Dude, that will lay hold of the scripture in your prayer life like you would not believe. And I long for you guys to taste of that and spend some time in that. And so because of that, we're going to do that right now. And so let's just bow our heads in prayer. And let's lay hold of this passage that we've just preached through, specifically verses 9 through 12. I have a, just a killer prayer moment in it. And so let's just take a little time together. And I'll lead you through, and we're going to walk through this together, all right? Laying hold of Scripture. Here we go. <laughs> Heavenly Father,
Lord, we love you and we praise you. We lift your name on high. Holy Spirit, we just ask now that you could reveal what we need to hear, that even in our prayer life right now, as we reflect back on this word, we could hand it to you. And just take a moment to thank your God for who he is and celebrate him. Right where you are, you're just letting the whole of the passage today and the truths of who he is wash over you. Thank you, God, that you have provided salvation. Thank you, God, that we have good news. Thank you, Father, that we are in awe that you do take us one degree at a time. It is your strength, not mine. Thank you that I can trust in you and lean on you. Thank you. And just right where you are, worship your God with all you've got. Just kind of breathing in now, this big celebratory thanks. Now confessing out, please forgive me. And what needs to go? What do you know you've been holding on to that you need to let go of? What word, what action, what attitude, what deed that needs to go? Lord, please forgive me for, and be super specific. And don't let this time go by. Confession and praise. Now we've cleared house a little bit. Time for us to come to his word. And, uh, so let's just quote a few of these phrases back to him. And, uh, it says here, God, that we are to be filled with the knowledge of your will, with all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Lord, fill me with the knowledge of your will. I don't even know what that all means, but fill me with the knowledge of your will. I don't want to fight you. I want to know where you're headed and head with you. Fill me with the knowledge of your will. I am yours. Help me to understand. Lord, may I walk in a manner worthy. As I step out of these doors today, may my actions and attitudes be all about you. May my words honor you. May I walk in a manner worthy. I'm handing my life to you now, God. May I walk in a manner worthy, fully pleasing to you. And just hand it to him right where you are. Saying that quote back. Lord, may I be strengthened with all power. Maybe you're in a spot where you're like, I can barely stand it as it is, God. I need you. Then you bring it to him right where you are. I need you, God. I need your strength. I need your hope. I'm giving this to you. May you strengthen me with your glorious might. May you strengthen me with your glorious might. Man, just right where you are saying that to him. 
that I might endure with patience and joy. You might even need to be real with your God and be like, I really don't even want to say this phrase. That I might endure with patience and joy and Lord, help me to love this for your glory. That I might endure with patience and joy. All for you. I give thanks to you, God, for your amazing plan. Maybe there's someone in your family you need to be praying these things for too, and you're like, God, may you strengthen them. Lord, may you give them wisdom and understanding. May you save them. And now you're praying for a family member or friend. Lord, bring this to their lives. Maybe it's me that is the messenger that brings the good news. May you bring this to them. ready to see you work. Now we just close with this statement. Lord God, we thank you that you have delivered us from the domain of darkness and you have transferred us to the kingdom of your beloved son. You have delivered us from the domain of darkness. And we praise your name. I am your child. Heavenly Father, we trust you. Lord God, we praise you. May we use your word to shape our lives and our prayer. May we find guidance and motivation as we dig into your word, moved and stirred. Holy Spirit, we trust you. Your ways are like no one else's. You are stunning. We come to you to hear from you. It is in your mighty, glorious, healing, saving name we pray these things. And all of God's people said, amen.